moment. Because the God of the universe has enabled us to sit together in this room at Harvest Renewal Church on this very day at this very moment in time. Do you know what had to take place for you to be born? Do you realize the miracle of your life? You alone, just you being alive and well and able in this room here today with every bit of sickness, disease, abortion, everything that's happening in the earth, you made it and you are here today. If we meditate on those two points alone, wow, born for such a time as this takes on such a different meaning. Next question is, what are you born for? And that's a teaching for another Sunday. Esther chapter 3, from verse 5 to 9. This is her, and she said to, uh, and, and the mother in law said to her, uh, All that you say to me, I will do. So she went down to the threshing floor and did according to all that her mother in law instructed her. And after Boaz had eaten and drunk and his heart was cheerful, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of grain. And she came softly, uncovered his feet, and lay down. Now it happened at midnight that the man was startled and turned himself. And there a woman was lying at his feet. And he goes on and he asks, who are you? And she says, I am your maidservant. So a picture of Jesus here, Boaz, bringing redemption, bringing prosperity, bringing new life to someone who wasn't of those kind of people, but because of relationship is brought now into the covenant. And there's a lot in here, but for time's sake, verse 8, now it happened at midnight. I've done this before, this whole thing before, so if you were here, I'm doing it again. Midnight, very special because it's two times at the same place. It's the beginning of 2018. 2017 is gone. And we are at a midnight hour as a church. It means that midnight means that yesterday is gone. It's over. It's not there anymore. Yet the promise of tomorrow begins right now. I'm at the same place, but I'm in two different time frames at midnight. So what Harvest Renewal Church, what child of God does your midnight look like? What was your last year like? What did 2017 hold for you? But at the same time, how is 2018 going to unfold for you? You stand in the middle of two different years, but at the very same place. And at midnight, he was startled. At this very time of the old is gone, you can't do anything about that. You can take from that. You can learn. You can take the experiences, good and bad, and you can bring it into the next. But do you have a vision for 2018? Do you have a godly vision for 2018? Do you have God's vision for you for 2018? At midnight, you have to know when you go into the next phase of life. And he turned himself, and there was a woman lying at his feet, and he said, Who are you? 
And that is a question that each and every one of us have to be able to answer. And it came through today so many times. It came through, you have to know your identity. And one big thing in this house is that we have to know our identity personally and as a house, a body of Christ. Who are you? And Jesus would ask, Holy Spirit would ask, the Father would ask that same question to you today. Who are you? But you see, back in the day, that was a question that revoked much anger, much fear, because people would stand in front of you and say, who are you? Do you know who I am? You come and try. Who are you? And this is not God. God doesn't stand in front of you because he knows the numbers of hair on your head. Ha, ha, ha. He can count every single one of them. He can tell you the number. Not just count how many there are, but the actual number of that hair. He can pull out and tell you this is so many trillion, billion, blah, blah, blah. That's the number of that hair. So he knows everything about you, but he still asks, who are you? Because he wants you to know, do you know who you are? See, I asked my boy Nathan, I say to him, who are you? And it's not because he's my son. I know him. I've, I've, I've been around all six years that he's been alive. I've been there. So I know him better than he knows himself. But I still ask him, who are you? And now he's a ninja because he's got these minus 32 degree underwear that he wears and they black and he does his ninja moves in the house. So sometimes he's my ninja. Sometimes he's my big boy. Sometimes he's the boy that scores so many goals in a soccer season. But I still keep on asking him, who are you? Because I want him to know who he is and who he is in my eyes. Because if he has the wrong vision of who he is, if he does not see himself the way his daddy sees him, then there's a problem. Because then daddy has to come and say, that's not who you are. Change your vision. Renew your mind to what your mommy and daddy calls you. You are my big boy. You are my handsome man. You are my smart brain, wise, obedient son. That's who you are. So tell me, who are you? And if we have a wrong mindset, when God should turn around and say, who are you? I did this last week. I'm addicted to this. I am. People don't love me because I just have this personality and there's something wrong in my, and God's like, let's try again. Who are you? <laughs> because in the book of Isaiah, he, God Almighty says, bring to my remembrance. Is it that he's forgetful? No. But he wants you to know the gifts, the talents, the time spent creating and thinking about you, putting you together, waiting for all the years to pass so that you could be born in this very time for such a time as this. So bring to my remembrance who you are, washed in the blood, child of God, wise, having the mind of Christ, seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, and on and on. That's my boy. That's my girl. That's who you are. So tell me once again, who are you? And if you don't know who you are, you need to get with him because only he can tell you. People can help you. The word leads and guides you, but only he knows. 
because all the days of your life, before they ever were, they were written in a book, and he's read the book. He knows the book. And he goes over that book reading and seeing how amazing you are. Who's read one book that they really like more than once? Who's watched a movie that you really like more than once? You even know what the next word out of the character's mouth is going to be. But you still watch it. Why? Because it's just so good. And daddy looks at you. And he looks at that book. And he says, okay, what are you going to do next? And he's going over it again and again. And why? Because you are just so good in his eyes. Because he made you. You are his handiwork. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Who are you? If you have the wrong vision of who you are, get with him so he can tell you who you truly are. In the Bible, there are, if you study the Bible, there are many different laws. If you interpret the Bible and um, words like harmonetics and things like this, I don't even understand. But there's something called the law of first reference. There's something called types and shadows. And there's another thing in the word called the law of double reference. Meaning when you're speaking about one thing, you're speaking about that, but there's a deeper revelation of that thing. It's pointing to something else at the very same time. For example, everything that we all know, the ark. The ark was made of wood and it was the gold around it. The wood shows the, the, the humanity the human side of Jesus, the gold, his deity. So that's double reference. It's pointing to the ark, but the ark can be Jesus as well. Okay, so now if we go to Genesis, because you have to know who you are. You have to understand the vision that God has for you and about you so that you can have the right vision of yourself and the person sitting next to you. Right, so we'll go look in Genesis. So we're going to read 14 to 18. Then God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night. And let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth. And so it was. Then God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. God set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. Right, pay attention here because this is really, really good. In the Bible, Peter writes, he says that a day to the Lord is as a thousand years and a thousand years is a day. Have you read that scripture before? We know it. Okay, right. So here we read. This is what day that this happened? Day four. After that, if you go on, it was the fourth day. So four days. God in the beginning, he says, right, this is going to take place. I will bring forth lights. And they will be for seasons and times. And they will be a signal. They will show you things. Double reference. So it's not just the sun and the moon. But these things will reveal certain things to you. That happens on day four. So if you take one day is as a thousand years. I was not good at math. But this one I know. One times four is four thousand. 
Okay? So from Genesis, in the beginning, you have Adam to Abraham. 2,000 years. Okay? You can count it. So many years, live so many years, relive so many years. 2,000 years. Then from Abraham to Jesus, 2,000 years. That gives us 4,000 years. But God in the beginning says, he says, when I create something, this is what's going to be on the fourth day. So after 4,000 years, there are going to be two amazing lights that are going to enter the earth. And one of them will be so bright that it will shine and give light in the day. And then there's going to be another one that will shine and it will be a light in the dark. And they will separate light from dark. Are we all with, with me so far? Okay. So now, 4,000 years, Jesus comes to the earth. Jesus says to the people, he talks about, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness. So 4,000 years after Adam and Eve, Jesus is born. Jesus comes into the earth. But now it speaks here. In Malachi, there's a verse where it talks about the son of righteousness with healing in his wings. S-O-N, not S-U-N, the light, the son. So Jesus comes here on earth. He's the son of righteousness. Now the question is, where does the moon get its light from the moon doesn't shine its own light the moon doesn't have its own light to bring forth light to create light to do this all the moon does as the smaller light is to reflect from the big light so you have the sun which reflects its light and the moon just Casts that. That's all the moon does. But these two lights come in the year 4,000, so 4,000 years after creation. So now Jesus comes, and now because of the light that has come, we now shine his light. You see, before that, the people couldn't do that. Holy Spirit would come and he would go away, and people couldn't walk in the covenant that we have because we are here after Jesus walked as a man. So now Jesus says on the Sermon on the Mount, which was not a sermon, it's a teaching. Jesus says to them, he says to the people, let your light so shine. Where does your light come from? Your light is a reflection of his. Doesn't that take all the pressure away? I don't have to create light. I don't have to work at making light. I don't have to worry about where is this light coming from. Because that light never stops shining. It doesn't matter how many clouds there are in the sky. It doesn't matter if there's a tornado, a typhoon, a hurricane, whatever there may be. The light of the sun is shining. And child of God, you as the lesser light, all you do is reflect his light. So, who are you? So when I go and speak to someone, I don't have to heal them. I can't. I just let his light shine through me. It takes off all the pressure. 
when I have to go witness to someone, I don't have to worry, are they going to think this or think that? All I have to do is just let his light shine off of me onto the person. When I go and pray for someone, I don't have to worry, is this prayer going to work? When I turn around, is it? All I have to do is just let his light shine through me. And now when I pray in Jesus' name, he is the light of the world. I reflect his light. He says, whatever you ask in my name, you will have. So we are that smaller light, which brings light in the darkness by reflecting his light. Isn't that amazing? All I have to do is be in relationship with him and his light will reflect through me. All I have to do. And if our mindsets are one of we have to create, we have to perform, we have to scrub and clean and no wrong mindset. That's not what God says. Here, yeah, when Jesus came, he scrubbed, he cleaned on that cross. It's done. It is over. You are now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. If you are outside of Christ, you can't quote that. Then we have a problem. But if you are saved and you are in him, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And that should be your mindset. Wherever I go, all I'm doing is reflecting the sun's light. That's all I have to do. But so many times, because of a wrong mindset, we see with incorrect vision. And we see through our five senses, which the Bible in the New Covenant over and over and over says is enmity against God. And we judge because of the appearance of the five senses, what we see, what we hear. And that's not how Jesus judges. You see, you and I read about a story about a woman at a well collecting water. And you read the story, and man, it's, don't know what went through your mind when you read it, but man, she's had five husbands. And the one she's with now is not hers. Man, you're a sick woman. What's your problem? How, how screwed up are you to walk and, and do that? What, what kind of a... And we have these because we know what holy and pure and righteous and right and wrong. And, and we know. And we see how you come in the middle of the day when it's hot to draw water when no one else is here. I, I would also, if I were you, you shouldn't even be getting water here because of your life. And so on and so forth because of a wrong mindset. And that's because we see with a soul that's not prospering. That's because we see with an unrenewed mind. So here comes the master himself. And the Bible says that we have the mind of Christ. So here comes the master. And he knows everything. So he knows this woman. And he tells her a couple of things. But you know what we saw in that story? Whatever you saw before you knew the outcome or heard a teaching on it. Jesus saw an evangelist. Because he wasn't looking through the five natural senses. And when your mind is not renewed, you look through the five physical senses. You said that. You did that. I know where you come from. I know your past. I know what you did. Jesus didn't do that. He said, hey, go and tell completely different mindset. Jesus was walking in prosperity of soul because Jesus could see through all the junk 
and he could see the person that he created you to be, no matter what junk you're walking in. And he sees in the spiritual realm, and because he has the correct vision of every human being that was created by his hands, he doesn't call out the sin and the shame and the muck. He calls out the evangelist. He calls out the perfect mother. He calls out the school teacher that are going to train thousands of little kids to hear the voice of God. He calls out the shoe salesman in you that when people come to buy shoes from you and have pain in their feet, you heal them because you just let his light shine through you. He calls out the second car, the salesman who sells second cars, second-hand cars, whatever you call them, used. I don't know, so many names for them now. He calls you out as that. And he says when someone comes to buy a car, they may just think they're coming to buy a second-hand car, but they don't know that there's darkness in them. And you just let my light so shine, reflect, and they will get a car and a new heart. Who are? you. What is your vision about yourself? Last week we had Pastor Bill here. He was talking about the same thing just in a different way. Here comes a lady caught in adultery, brought into the church. Jesus is busy teaching and they bring her and we know the story. What would you have said if you were there? Because you're in the temple, you're busy learning, you want to learn about, and they bring this woman caught in the act of adultery. What would your mind, what picture, what analogy would you have of that woman? Do you know anything about that lady's past? Do you know where she came from? Do you know her upbringing? Do you know what her parents did to you? Do you? No, we don't. But it's so easy to say, whoa, adult, whoa, wicked, whoa, man, that's, yeah. Jesus didn't do that. Because Jesus sees beyond the five physical senses. And he sees a woman who he created and her worth. And therefore, he says, I'm going to the cross and my blood will heal you. I don't condemn you, but don't stay in the sin like Pastor Chip was saying. My grace enables you to get victory over sin. Grace is not here for you to sin, but get victory over it. So first receive my not condemning you and then walk in the power of no condemnation and sin no more. Just because he had a different mindset. He had a renewed mind to what? Because he walked as a man to what the father said is right. To what the father said is good. To what the father said is righteousness. And when you and I renew our minds, we will walk in exactly the same thing as Jesus. Because he has been made righteousness unto us. He has been made our wisdom. And we do have the mind of Christ each and every one of us. So in this year, as we stand at a midnight position, it is so important that the vision that you have for yourself and the vision we have as a collective people for Harvest Renewal is the vision that God the Father has of you. When you look in a mirror, child of God, do you see exactly what he sees or do you see your yesterday? Do you see the time you don't spend with him? Do you see the words you say but you shouldn't be saying? Do you see, what do you see when you look in the mirror? Because he sees 
the evangelist. He sees the gift he made you to be to the body. And he calls that out. Doesn't point the finger. Doesn't say, oh, you this, you that, you that. That's not our Lord and Savior. Is that the vision you have? Because he's asking you today, who are you? And if you don't know who you are, go and get with him. Because he wants you to know. You as a parent, you want your child to know more than anything who they are in your eyes. How much you love them. How amazing they are. How phenomenal they are. I remember when, when, when Nathan was learning to walk. And parents, you've all been there. I mean, it was... It's... It's time-consuming. It's, it's ridiculous. It just takes so long. He just falls down all the time. Hurts himself. Cries. Gets back. Falls down. It took, I don't know how long, but there was not once, not one time in me as a broken father, as, as a man, that I said to my son, this doesn't work, you can't walk, just stay on the floor and don't get up again. <laughs> not once, because I knew he had it in him to stand up and put one step in front of the other, and another one, and another one, and another one. Because that's who he is, and that's what God had put on the inside of him. So none of us as parents, when our children are falling down because they're trying to walk, tell them they can't do it, they shoot. Let's just give up. Let's not, you'll never walk. Let's just forget about it. Just crawl for the rest of your life. We don't do that. We stand in front of them one step. Come, 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 come. And we go a little further, and they fall down, and we pick them up. Come on, you can do it again. Come, come, come. There's what? Come, come, come. Two steps, three. Look, look, he did two steps. Look at that. And God the Father is doing the same. Come, come, come. Walk in your righteousness. Oh, you fell down. Come, come, come. Stand up. Stand up. Okay, come. One step in your righteousness. Two steps. You made a mistake. Stand up. He's, he's walking three steps in righteousness. Look at that. Until he says, okay, now I'm 10 meters away. I'm 15. And now he stands next to a soccer field and he watches the sun run up and down and score goals and I don't even remember the day that he couldn't even walk. It was such a battle. I just see him walking now and scoring goals, and it's so amazing. Where do I get that from? From Abba Father. Where do you get it from? From Daddy, who will not stop at kicking any wall down to get your heart. Who will not break any lie that you may believe in right now. To bring you the truth. Who will not stand in front of any mountain. With all the snow and junk and ice on it to say. That mountain's too high, too difficult. I'm not going up there to fetch that. He will go. And he will go. And he will go. And his word says when you and I were yet enemies. When we were not doing what we wanted to. Our world was evil and dark. Christ still gave himself. How much more now that you're the righteousness of God. Will he not kick down the wall. Climb the mountain. Break every lie. But you have to. I have to renew our minds. 
to who Abba Father is. And we have to repent from saying stuff that he does not say. We have to walk in our righteousness. We have to stop scrubbing and trust the blood. And now and only now will we be able to prove the perfect will of God. Do you realize the miracle it is, people, for you and I to be in this room here today to hear this message? For such a time as this. If you are here and, and, and you know that you know, because you know, because you have Holy Spirit, so you know. You don't have to ask the person next to you, because you know. If you know that you do not have the right vision of yourself and you need a renewing of the mind, you need a renewing of the vision that God has for you, I want you to come to the front. We're going to ask him to break down that wall, kick down that wall, climb the mountain of my heart to give me the vision that he has of me. Come to the front right now, please. If you know that the areas in your life where you are just, it's not God's will for you, you're not seeing what he's seeing, come to the front. Let's change that. Grandfathers, grandmothers, they are sons and daughters, they are husbands and wives, they are so many different kinds of people, fulfilling so many different kinds of roles, so many different areas and positions in life. But put all of that aside and come to him now as daddy. Come to him now as a son or a daughter. Nothing else. Father, we just come this day, we come right now, and we just allow you to renew our minds. We allow you, Lord, as we sang this morning with such fervorance and such passion in our hearts to break down every wall that's built around our hearts that's keeping you out to tear down every lie which is lying about who you are and who we are in you and how you see us. Holy Spirit, by your grace, your word says you are able to make all grace abound toward us. We ask for that grace now to help us renew our minds, to have the right vision of who we are so that we can prove your perfect will so that, Lord, we will let our light so shine, but our light is your light that just reflects off of us. Let that light so shine that people will see you. Let us be good reflectors of your light. Help us to renew our minds to what you see when you look at us so that our mirror will change. So that when we stand in front of the mirror and we look, we see something different. We see a being going from glory to glory, from faith to faith, not scrubbing, not working, but receiving grace, receiving truth, receiving goodness, because that's who you are over us. So we just receive by faith right now your word, 
you say that when we receive the word with humble hearts, it will change and save our souls. So now we thank you, Lord, for prosperity of soul, prosperity of mind, prosperity of vision, no small thinking, no lack, no sinner's identity, but the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That is who I am. That is who I walk as. That is who you created me to be. That is the truth. And that sets me free, your truth of who I am. So we just give you this time. We bless you. We love you. Thank you that when we were falling down, when we do fall down, you never stop coming and pick us up and say, come on, you can take another step. I got you. And you're always encouraging. You're always leading, counseling, guiding through your precious Holy Spirit. So we are just grateful for this honor to be called sons and daughters and children of the Most High God. Daddy that holds our hand through life, walks in front of us, shows us the way. We bless you.